Greg, thanks for sitting down with me today. I appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for having me. Good to see you again. I think the last time we sat down was back in 2011. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a bit. And so back then, CEO of JGL, a little bit has changed since then. A little bit. Yeah. Started a new company, sold your old company off to Greenleaf Genetics, part of Syngenta. Can you talk a little bit about the new company? So, yeah, the company was actually started by my father, uh, John Gerard. And uh, well, after we sold our JGL business, Brian and I started Gerard Seed Solutions, which is a consulting company. And then my father started up Jomar Seeds, a uh, wheat licensing business. Okay, excellent. And so, so this is a this is a different business. This is you're now in a in a a segment that you have plenty of experience in dealing in licensing. Why is this different? Well, uh, so from the wheat aspect, it's not that much different than we were doing before JGL. Um, obviously, the different people, different setup, uh, much smaller overhead than we had before, and we're only focusing on wheat right now. Um, our main focus really is uh, soft red winter wheats uh, in uh, eastern U.S., as well as a few soft whites. And then we're also dabbling a little bit into the hard red springs as well for the Dakotas in Canada. So I, th I have a feeling I know where this is going to go, but why Jomar? <laughs> so uh, Jomar is probably not a, a name that Brian and I would have come up with, but obviously we weren't in the, uh, having the ability to have any decisions in those or even know what was going on. Um, but Jomar, actually, it's kind of like the Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. So my father started in 1976 a travel agency to, uh, uh, so he could have... Um, a travel agency that actually could do some work for him for the seed business, nice. right? Could, could, he wanted to do these trips for his, his dealers or whatever, mm -hmm. and he couldn't find a tra travel agency to do okay. it for him very well. So he made his own up. And his, one of his partners, his partner uh, was named Skip Friedhoff, and his wife's name was Joanne. My, my mom's name was Marta. So Joanne and Marta came up with the name Jomar. So fast forward, um, he was sold a travel agency back in the late 90s. And he wanted to use oh, the name Jomar again. And so we just say it stands for John and Mark. So it's kind of neat, that actually, that uh, while it was a name that maybe Brian and I would have chosen, it's kind of neat to have that because uh, it's, we're a family business. And having that legacy of my father my, and my mother in that name, is, is uh, that means a lot to us. Heritage is a big deal. It, it is. Really, it really is. And these IPSA um, members get that. They understand they totally, that, too. They totally get that. So now with Joe Moore, is there some expertise, some learnings that you got with your experience at JGL that helped you hit the ground running with Joe Moore? Well, you know, again, I'm very fortunate to have uh, such a great seedsman in my father and a great teacher. And so one thing he taught us, uh, probably stands out the most, is be proactively adaptive. Um, and so... You know, we want, what I mean by that, we take advantage of all the opportunities we have given to us now, uh, as well as looking out 10 years from now and say, okay, what's the market going to be like 10 years from now? Uh, and put yourself in those positions, kind of set yourself up, take advantage of, of opportunities now, but also kind of set yourself up for the next 10 years, take advantage yeah. of those situations. And what's interesting is, as you, as you know, is your business can totally change in those 10-year time frames. So I uh, just guess kind of being proactive and looking for those opportunities. Right. And and that proactive really needs to happen right now, doesn't it? We, we've got uh, licensing's a big deal. 
obviously this is a topic of conversation as we go into mergers and acquisitions, but licensing with the trade packages with genetics, it's that's a significant part of what we're working on. Can you talk a little bit about how some of these developments that are going on right now impact the licensing world and what you see coming down the pipe? Well, the, the big topic right now in the discussion is these big mergers, right? I mean, these the Ipsen members, they access their genetics and traits from these big, mainly from these big major players. And, you know, really it's going to be, a, if these deals go down, it's a reshuffling. And with those reshuffling, there's still some uncertainty how that's going to play out. You know, what kind of traits am I going to get from whom? How are they going to be stacked? Can they be stacked? Uh, how is it? How do I how do I get my seed applied technologies? Whom whom do I get them from? Right. Uh, is there be some kind of uh, packaging there? Uh, am I going to have more access, less access? Uh, and so it's actually I see there's some really good big opportunities either way for the, for the independents. Um, the one thing about the licensing, uh, I think these the major companies have understood that licensing is important to them. Uh, there's only so many farmers who are going to buy a certain brand. And we, we see that in every aspect of society, right? That's why we have so many, we have a lot of car brands and we have a lot of food brands. And, uh, same with seed brands. And farmers want to buy from the person they're comfortable with. Uh, and so they see that in order to get additional market share with their genetics and their, and their traits, they need to license that out. And that's where the, the IPSA members come into play. And that's actually where I play a role in being one of those those players. Nice. Creating some options. Creating some options, options yes. Right. Uh, 2017, we're just getting rolling. What what, uh, what do we look for out of Jomar for the next 12, for this coming 12 months? Well, the thing probably we're most excited about uh, is when we started licensing these new wheat lines, we really have a new opportunity because these new wheat lines that we're licensing out really are the first batch of high-yielding scab-resistant varieties. Mm -hmm. And scab resistance has been around Adding high high yield, I mean high yield meaning top end yield with it, uh, has been very difficult. And uh, so these lines come out really are first to the market for something like that. And so you're talking about when when we see moderate to heavy pressure of scab and wheat, um, when you have when you add these FHB1 genes and other genes to scab resistant genes to these to these varieties, we're seeing a, a really a significant reduction. An amount of scab infestation. So that's great news for the, news for the millers and the bakers. That's great news for the farmers who who go to who get a value for that. And then it's great news for the seed companies and and for the originators who develop them. So we've talked about mergers and acquisitions. We've talked about some of the technical side of uh, of your licensing agreements. What outside influencers other than that do you see that are going to play a big role for the coming year to five years? Well, so yeah, you mentioned the. The mergers are a big deal. Uh, I think there's a couple outside influencers, and maybe it's not one to five years. Uh, it could be, and, and that's this. Uh, we need to be much better at proactively telling our story as a seed industry, and also as an ag community. So I think it includes farmers too, uh, to the to the general public. Uh, you, you see in this, oh, this uh, um, tension between a public who's um, more or less ignorant or just not knowledgeable about what we do in the ag community. And we, the ag community is pretty self-closed. We talk to each other. We don't talk to the community. So we need to do much better telling our story. Uh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I'm part of the uh, communications team, uh, ag communications team for ASTA. Right. And so I'm going to learn a lot as being a part of that. But 
uh, as you heard in some of these conferences here, some of these sessions that, you know, we need to do this peer-to-peer. -peer. It's not going to be one big advertising uh, thing. It's not going to be the big biotech companies, you know, advertising the benefits. It's going to be us as seed people and as ag people talking one-on-one -on -one with our with our friends and our neighbors about the benefits of, of what we do in agriculture. Because, you know, the seed, seed industry, I've always said, is the most important industry in the world. Right. Uh, everything starts with the seed. And uh, it's great to be part of that, that industry. And we need to tell that story. It's a great story. Perhaps the thing that I would tag onto that is, if we're going to tell the story, we better get good at being storytellers. Yes. And I don't know that everyone naturally has that skill set. But I think it's one of the things that as a seed industry we could work on. We could challenge each other to become better at storytelling so that the stories that we do tell become that much more powerful. Yes, and, and think, look, look for ways to engage uh, with people and not in a non-combative way. We don't want to be in a, we don't want to communicate that this is wrong, this way is wrong, this way is right. Just communicate the positives of what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, what we talk about uh, in, our, in our communication is not... Um, Pro-GMO, pro-organic. It's coexistence, right? right? We want coexistence. You know, we rep our ASTA organization represents all of all of those players, and uh, there's a market for all of that. But we right. want everything to be, you know, science-based and, and and be factual, and um, and what's beneficial to the consumer. Yeah, agreed. You know what? Those are all my questions. Was there anything that I didn't ask you that you think's critical to the world right now, Greg? Uh, not critical to the world, but I would say. Uh, for those who are uh, seed companies who, who have not attended the IPSA conference for some time, mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely worth coming to. Uh, it's where we are, as you can see yeah. by the backdrop here. And, uh, you know, my wife is an educator, and she always talks about having a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. and, and that really is what this, this is all about. I mean, there's some incredible speakers here, some incredible topics being discussed. And you see uh, there's 200, like 250 or so uh, attendees here. Well, 300, 310. Okay, 300 attendees here, and they're all engaged and locked into these speakers. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, where else can you go for this kind of price to get this kind of further education? And then plus that, you, plus you get the networking and you get San Diego. Right. <laughs> so on top of that, that's a win-win-win. It's a win-win-win. <laughs> but seriously, uh, being part of this and coming to this this meeting is uh, it should be an annual stop for all the independent seed companies. Incredibly well said. Thanks very much. All right, thank you. Good Appreciate to see you. It.